is up, guys? Uh, things might sound a little different here. We've got a different theme song, and there's a different voice introducing us, bringing us into the show. What what's what's going on here? Brady? Sounds terrible. I hate it. You hate I it hate all. Every second of this role reversal. So here's the thing: we discussed it, and we said, you know what? Brady, you just wind him up and let him talk, but you're horrible at steering the conversation. Hold on. You never said the word horrible. You just no, said no, no. you thought you would be better. <laughs> like, I think the way that I interpreted that was that I was great at it, but you believe you can be uh, the greatest brilliant. of all time. Yeah, you could be the greatest podcast showman of all time. Yeah. Ooh, are we yeah. going to talk about the greatest showman again? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> No, it's, it's like, this, this makes sense to me. So how much, I'll, I'll be honest here, how much pushback did I give when you said you were going to, in radio terms, is it called the one and the two? Hacksaw is a one and a two. Just don't yeah, forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hacksaw is no, one, it, his mustache is the two. <laughs> Best two in the business. Watch out. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it makes it makes sense to me. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a talker. And so you're right. You wind me up and I'll just go. And I think that it's probably frustrating for you as a co-host with me um, if I am, one, steering the conversation and then also dominating the conversation. And so, <laughs> um, I listen, I'm nothing if I'm not self-aware. I know I talk. And I know when you you know do the statistics, we're probably looking at 75-25. Uh, maybe that's even conservative on the amount of talking of me to you. And uh, now is a great example. So uh, I like the idea of you, you know, bringing us in and steering the conversation and then uh, just letting me go. And, you know, I'm going to stop on your toes all the time. So whatever. But uh, 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 oh, OK, no. Uh, so we also we, we're going to do this. I know we've said this in the past, but we're going to do this consistently. We're going to start podcasting every single week. Um, and we are going to try to get a special guest every single week as well. Um, and we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about life. We'll talk about movies, music. Um, none oh, of that's changed. We've always done that. We've always done that. Yes. However, we are going to add a baseball card segment as well to the podcast. And I know what everybody's saying. Uh, nobody wants to hear about baseball cards. So we're going to put it towards the very end of the podcast so you can tune out and we'll we'll let you know. We'll be like, okay, we're done here having this conversation. We're going to talk about baseball cards. We're going to be complete nerds. And uh, you can tune out now. I'm obsessed with baseball cards and I'm already bored with this segment. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even got to it yet. <laughs> oh, wait. We're not. Oh, I thought we were doing it. It's kind of interesting too. I, I, I let you choose the song now. We used to have um, them Crooked Vultures. You know, it's Is the super group, yeah, super sounds, group with Foo Fighters, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, and Led Zeppelin member. You did used to let me choose the outro as a as a I little did. like you would humor me with allowing me the outro when knowing yeah. that no one would actually listen to an entire podcast. People always and, hated it too. No, they love the outro. No, I, I always got myself I, in the car and I'd be like, "Oh, I wish, I wish it would keep going and keep going and keep going." And <laughs> but you and your stupid intro. And so this time you came to me and said, um, since, I'm, since I'm taking the one spot, you can choose the song now. And I gave you four options. And my number yeah. one option, you immediately shot down. Yeah. 
but you did pick one of the four. I did. And uh, it's a jam. It is a jam. Absolute banger of a song. Have I told you um, which one it is yet? Um, I don't need to know because the four that I gave you were absolute bangers, and I know <laughs> you eliminated one. If I had to take a stab at it, I would say that you went with Lagwagon today. That's a good stab. That's a very yeah. good stab. I knew that all I had to do was throw a, a punk song in there, and you would be like, "Oh!" But I mean, honestly, all four were jams. They were. It's actually not the first time that Lagwagon song has appeared on our podcast. I know you did a variation of like "Stand by Me" or something, or was that Pennywise? I don't. I can't remember. No, definitely wasn't Pennywise. Our first guest this week. Yeah. The one and only, our good buddy from Thunderhawk, the former home of the Zero Chance podcast, Correct. John. He's joining us, and we had a long chat with him. John Barber, he's a hero, and I love him, and uh, can't wait to get into get into life, get into life with our buddy John. And uh, it's setting the uh, it's setting a, a high bar for all future guests to be able to follow John because he's a stud. And has an amazing voice. I don't like to admit when people are just so far above and beyond better <laughs> than me in, in pretty much everything. But my God, that buttery, smooth voice that he has. I mean, I, I, I you listen to yourself and you're like, oh God, you sound like a goo, you know? And I know that your own ears hear yourself differently or whatever. And, you know, I feel like I sound okay sometimes on podcast. I hate my voice. I hate your voice too. Um, yeah. But anyway, mine's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but John's, uh, your voice is fine. Stop. But uh, John's, it blows us out of the water, and it's 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 like intimidating to even talk to him. It sounds so good. It it drives yeah. me insane. See, I think the good thing with us, though, I, I hate, I re- I really, I hate listening to my voice. However, I think there's a huge distinction between our voices. Nobody is listening to this podcast being like, "Gee, I wonder who's talking." Exactly. And that yeah. always drives me crazy when I listen to the podcast and when people have very similar voices. I'm like, who, yep. who, what, who was that again? For sure. Let's get to the podcast. Let's get to the interview with our good All buddy, right. John. All right. Well, we are incredibly lucky, incredibly blessed to finally, after many, many, many moons of asking and uh, delays, we have John Barberin, founder of Thunderhawk Brewery, uh, where we for so long was the home of the Zero Chance Pod. John, uh, welcome to the Zero Chance Podcast, my friend. Well, thank you, Brady. Thank you, Rick. Uh, it's good to be back here again. We've, I think this is the fourth time we've got to sit down and chat, and the first time kind of digitally, as is in the uh, new tradition of uh, COVID. Um, but this yeah, is and great. one of those times was at Petco, right, with the Fox Sports crew when we were stuffing our right. faces. Was. I felt like uh, that was like peak. I don't know what else you guys done with the podcast but i was peeking at that moment <laughs> we all were peeking at that moment we were yeah, on real tv yeah yeah it yeah. was all downhill from there man yeah i mean you can watch the footage i was just sitting there drinking beer and listening to you guys talk and eating all the apps and stuff i think i said two words and i was like this is great is this tv i can do this all day <laughs> i think that they brought us like every single thing on the menu that day because we had so much food on that table it was it was it was a lot. It really was. It was yeah, it was, it was awesome. So, John, what have you been up to uh, since since this whole shutdown here? So, a lot of things have happened um, during the shutdown. One of them uh, being the unfortunate closure of Thunderhawk Ailments, uh, the brewery that uh, I opened four years ago uh, with a partner, my partner Bill Lindsay, and um, 
you know, it's uh, kind of an unfortunate turn of events on a lot of different levels from um, COVID being a huge factor, uh, really kind of a tough situation with our trademark, um, which costs us a lot of money to defend. Um, and then third, uh, just kind of disagreement and divergence of uh, the partnership. So all those things together, um, we really couldn't find a path forward for the business. Uh, so we ended up closing in June um, after four years, which was, you know, really kind of a uh, sad moment, um, a huge milestone of, of learning a lot, you know, in life, um, even more so kind of about, you know, loss and uh, seeing things that you've worked really hard. Uh, just, you know, come to a, come to a halt. Uh, I'm not going to say like, you know, like are destroyed because um, I think some of the, the best things about the business was, you know, the relationships that were garnered, um, learning a lot about myself as, as an individual and, you know, as a leader and places I need to improve and things I did well. And then all the knowledge was just, you know, starting a business, especially a business like a, a brewery and, um, you know, making good beer. We were fortunate enough to win a, uh, silver medal at the Great American Beer Fest um, in the uh, Black American Ale uh, category, which encompasses everything from stouts to um, porters to Black IPA. So we won for a double Black IPA I called Bowie Knife. So uh, hell of a run, but, you know, COVID uh, and life, you know, comes at you and things change quickly. Unfortunately, Thunderhawk is no more. Um so, you know, with that being said, uh, who's to say I won't start another brewery or, or something to do with uh, oh, the craft either. beverage uh, industry <laughs> down the road? <laughs> nice. So I, I, I don't think now is, you know, first of all, I, I had to give it six months before I could speak about it publicly without sure. tearing up. So right. um, that's why we waited this long for sure. Um, <laughs> we Thunderhawk was so near and dear to us and uh, yeah. you, your friendship. Um and so it's, yeah, it's just super special uh, that we were able to be a part of that. That's the way I look back at it. Instead of being sad that it's no longer there, I want to try the positive spin zone it to, I'm so happy that we had it, you know? And I don't think now is the time or place to dig into any of like the details with you and Bill and, and, and sort of what went down there. But this is the first time actually hearing of a trademark thing. Do you, are you allowed to speak to that at all? I don't that. That's yeah, a, I, I can. I, um, so what what's been going on? And this actually um, kind of start. It started before we opened. So we filed for our trademark Thunderhawk ailments. Uh, Thunderhawk, all one word. Um, and then our symbol that you've you've probably seen out there. If you look online, you can see it. Um, and we we got granted a trademark. We we did like you know our homework and trying to figure out if uh, someone else had anything similar. And um, you know during that process. Uh, there wasn't anything like a huge red flag to us being, I guess, you know, I'll even say naive and maybe a little bit trustworthy of some some professional advice. So um, the one thing that that stuck out was Thunderbird Wine Company. I shouldn't say stuck out, but could have been challenged. Thunderbird Winery. Um, and it's a uh, old like wine. Um if you Google it, there's some pretty funny results. It's a very cheap wine, and it's got like a pretty poor reputation. Um, it was even banned in some areas. Like I think it was banned in San Francisco for a period of time. Um, Where does it fall compared to Boone's Farm? That's who, my... It's probably in terms of uh, of just grossness, or yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never had any of these these wines. Um, Strawberry but, wine. Yeah, it's just it's whatever. It's cheap wine that people just 
you know, usually drink. So they came drunk. after you. So guys. they came after us. Um, the parent company has a lot more cash than we could ever imagine. So uh, at first, um, they wanted to uh, basically get with us and have a meeting and show us some examples. They said they were going to revive this brand, um, not as wine, but as some, somewhere in between wine and um, beer. So probably like a wine cooler or whatever, you know. And their branding that they're, they should supposedly came up with was very similar to ours. So they wanted to get together and us to sign an NDA that had like all these crazy penalties and stuff. And we told them, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, you know, we don't want to sign an NDA. There's no reason for us like to, to see this stuff. Um, because really, I mean, it, it seemed like a trap. It seemed like, yeah, gonna, you know, sign yeah. an NDA, you know, go look at their yeah. product that, that they just probably went to our website and stole all of our branding off of and changed a few things and said, look, right. you know, this is just like yours. So we, we told them, uh, you know, the last communication there, uh, cause this is back and forth. Emails cost a lot of money when lawyers are sending them. Um, I told them. F off or buy us. And we didn't hear from them for three years. So that was 2015. Um, that week too was crazy, interesting and, and horrible at the same time. Um, we, we were uh, getting pressure from our landlord to open and we, you know, it's been a, been about a year change. So anyways, he was upset for whatever reason, he was trying to kick us out of our space and we would basically like run out of money too. So in that and that week was like super heavy. I was like, wow, this brewery's never gonna open. Like, you know, we're we're done for, we're dead in the water. Uh so changed some things, raised some more money, uh, talked to, to the landlord, uh, told told the Thunderbird to fuck off, and all was right in about two weeks. And we ended up opening the brewery about a year later. So fast forward um to about 2018. And same same uh, company comes back to now dispute our registered trademark, um, and they filed a cancellation request um, with the post office that essentially um, is them saying that the trademark should be canceled because it's too confusing. And here's a bunch of uh, discovery and things that um, the court can look at and uh, make a judgment. So you know anybody's trademark is only worth. Uh, what you're like willing to defend it for, you know? So like if you're challenged, you just, you have to defend it or um, either people will use your, your mark in some ways uh, to a point where it's no longer like protected and it's just kind of a common use thing um, or things like this where uh, uh, someone else would come in and express concern and have it canceled if you don't stand up for it. So uh, long story short, with all the litigation back and forth, we, you know, it was in the tens of thousands of dollars we spent um, defending the trademark. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we we had to just stop the fight. So um, it's it, was it feels a huge like they bummer. just had like like a big stack of chips and they saw that you were down to like your last chip and they just like pushed you all in on every hand. Yeah, and this company too. It's it's EJ and Gala Winery. They I think they're oh, like the geez. biggest winery in the country, if I'm not mistaken, or one of. Um, and they've challenged everybody with the word thunder in their name and alcohol business. Period. Um, they've yeah. So they're extremely uh, litigious, and they've got unlimited funds. So. Jeez. Yeah, I think we were the last folks standing with a thunder and as a trademarked alcohol. Um, besides them so uh anyways uh really shit just situation where you know you get bullied and um Mm -hmm. you know what i wanted to do was change the name of the of the brewery 
and because we have the, we had the uh, the logo still trademarked, which is great, um, and just change the name, eat it, say you know I already had the conversation with myself in 2015 when I was like having a breakdown about oh my god like we're gonna have to change the name and I was like well do you want to open a brewery or do you like just want a business that's called Thunderhawk? Well, the answer was I wanted to open a brewery, so that that didn't change right, after three right. years. So um, just rebrand. We were small enough to absorb that. We hadn't even gone into wide distribution or anything. So. Um, Anyways, uh, that's where that's where uh, kind of that fight uh, ended, um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, just one of those stories where bigger, badder company comes along and doesn't like what you're doing, and wants to uh, push you around, and they can because they got more cash. That's crap. Yeah, yeah. When we saw the news on social media, both Brady and I were immediately texting each other. We were we were pretty devastated, but I mean, we had some fantastic times there you guys were always great to us uh your beer was absolutely fantastic and i i'm sure that you're going to move on to bigger and better things well thanks i appreciate your guys' support uh you know back then and now so it's it's been great um again one of the best parts about the the business was was meeting awesome people like you guys and establishing some some cool relationships that go beyond just the tasting room so um definitely worth it all in all and uh yeah we'll see what the future has to hold yeah, dude, we're pretty stoked to have you here on the uh, Thunderbird Winery podcast. <laughs> and, uh, See, they're just, everywhere, man. <laughs> I'm just going to bleep that out. <laughs> oh, uh, they'll probably email you to sponsor the podcast just to mess with yeah, me. You right. know? Uh, yeah, right. By the way, did we close out our tab? Man, I just thought about that. Right? What did we talked about? You know what? I can look. I still got all that's digital. It doesn't die. You know what? So. Please do. I, I I feel like I I owe you something still. So, geez. I'm sure it's we closed that. I I was really good about closing tabs. I well, sent people invoices to their email address. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, I, I think see I people, gave yeah, you my fine, credit yeah. card number, so I think yeah. would have been good. You guys were, you guys were good. Um, <laughs> and it didn't happen too often, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I tracked people down if need be. That's good. What are you still? Are you're still pretty embedded in the like brewery culture in San Diego? I assume. You know what? As much as I guess I can be from like a guy who's on kind of somewhat on the sidelines, I. I have participated mildly with the uh, San Diego Brewers Guild um, Diversity and Inclusion Committee for the first couple meetings at Thunderhawk. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't done a whole lot of work for them since that. that and so that was probably in, in May or April or something like that. Um, but, you know, that being said, a lot of the I feel like the involvement is like being places and being at breweries and being at events. Um and so I don't I don't do any like much of these like online like you know online beer festival or music fest and I don't and that's just like not <laughs> that's not the same you know what it's, I'm saying there's right. no it, people it'll really. never like, be the same yeah yeah it's never gonna be the same so um, luckily enough like I've I've got to to put together help shape a few beers um, and brew one um, actually brew two uh, during COVID um, all for charity. Uh, which which has been awesome. So even though you know four times in the brew house is cool, it feels it doesn't feel like enough. Uh, you know from like a normal year, but um, excuse me, during this Topo Chico's kind of got me. You know, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> uh, so during uh, you know COVID, we've had all these crazy things going on. Um, obviously, the 
the uh, Black Lives Matter protester. I, I like to, you know, I don't even like to call them that. I like because that's just I feel like the branding of all this, all these messages is so jacked up. So I like to just call it the like social justice, uh, uh, you know, protest. Because how are you gonna? protest or like be against social justice you know right or equality so yeah that's really what we're looking for here so anyways um when all that stuff went down um there's this cool cat named uh marcus baskerville who is the uh, head brewer owner of weathered souls brewing out in san antonio texas and he started this initiative called uh black is beautiful um he created this uh stout recipe and then made a label uh, kind of gave some guidelines and just shot it, shot it out to the world, posted it on a website and said, hey, like, brew this um, or a beer close to it in spirit and donate the proceeds to a social justice cause in your neighborhood. So, uh, you know, do something for your hood, do something for the people that are around you, do something to make the world a better place, um, get some recognition. Craft beer definitely ha- gets people's attention. It's kind of been a popular topic for like the last five or six years or so. Um, so he got an amazing response. Uh, I think over a thousand breweries worldwide brewed this beer. Um, I don't know wow. the full extent of the proceeds, but like, if I just had to guess, I'm going to say it's got to be in the millions of dollars. Wow, that's um, awesome. So there's quite a few uh, breweries who did it in San Diego, which was really badass. Um, and I got to be a part of it with with four different uh, brewery fermenter places. So uh, the first one was Resident Brewing downtown. Um, they're inside the local. So if you guys are in that area, um, check those guys out. Awesome people um, down for the community, down for the local sports, um, and their beers kick ass. Uh, the other one was Chula Vista Brewing Co. Uh, down on 3rd Avenue in Chula Vista, which is kind of like a cool little happening spot now with some different restaurants and stuff popping off. Um, Tim Parker, the owner down there, uh, only uh, African-American brewery owner in San Diego and probably one of the few in the country. Um, but uh, he's a Navy guy, 20 years in the Navy, retired here in San Diego, opened a brewery. Dope dude. And he brewed a Black is Beautiful as well. Um, and then our friends next door to Thunderhawk, uh, both Lost Cause Meadery and Serpentine Cider up there in Miramar. Um, both did versions, a mead, a black is beautiful mead, which was really cool, kind of like dark, luscious with uh, almonds, uh, cocoa flavors, vanilla. It was just like amazingly dessert-like. And then Serpentine Cider did a cool blackberry version um, with lavender that was uh, just awesome, delicate, fruity. Um, So all these people put a lot of effort in um, during hard times, Mm -hmm. selling product and giving away the proceeds to... uh, causes that you know really really make the world a better place and more equal and fair and just for folks so uh really proud to have worked with all those people um and you know that's been my best and and like i think awesome kind of i'll even call like a little send-off people were were willing to you know and the cool thing was most of these folks contacted me um and said like you know, do you want to be a part of this? Um, I think I reached out to to a couple of them as well. But it's just, you know, I was amazed at the reach that this this initiative got. And um, yeah, proud of proud of Marcus out in San Antonio for doing it and all these folks participating. So really made me feel good about the San Diego beer industry, um, just kind of providing, you know, a good platform for, for all folks. Do you know how many uh, breweries in San Diego uh, took part? I don't know. I'd have to say above 
10 at least. I think there was a big collaboration um, where a lot of them participated, but like actually, together. I, yeah, like each individual brewery, at least north of 10, I got to imagine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine it. No, I just as, as, as you know, listening to you talk and and, you know, the. Uh, you know, what you first, you know, I don't know if social injustice or, or, or racial injustice, it's, you know, whatever the, the term or phrase of what, you know, sort of our world has been going through um, during COVID. And I, I, I remember talking to you about it and, and feeling like just wanting to figure out like, what is a way that I can help? Like, what can we do? And, you know, you said something to me that um, was powerful to me. And that was just keep talking about it. And, because you know the the fear is this becomes a moment in time that stops, right. and that's you know that's what we want to like like continuing on the conversation um, of of social equality um, is 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 what's important. And so I man, I love that you were a part of that. I love that we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that uh, I love that you know even though as you kind of you know exited like you said a little bit of a send off that you were able to come and rally around that that cause and that it's still something that, you know, San Diego is involved in and a part of, and, um, you know, of all the crap and terrible, um, things that have come from it. Um, you know, something else you said was like, you know, if we're looking for bright sides, like the, the awareness is certainly now raised, right? It is. Yeah. I think it was a conversation that kind of like, you know, mostly stopped, um, around the civil rights movement, you know, and, um, things after that you kind of had these moments that maybe helped push the issue uh, a little bit like but might have been still like very symbolic things like affirmative action and things that kind of got you know people riled up but i think the one consistent um negative thing you hear um whenever these things arise is always like i think it was lyndon johnson told martin luther king jr to just like be patient, you know, be calm. Like we don't want to get people upset. It's like making people uncomfortable. And it's like, man, when your life is on the line, there is no be patient. You know, it's like, if you got cancer, you doc, you don't want the doctor to tell you, Hey, let's just wait a little while and see if this calms. I have the cure right here, but let's just wait a little while. You know, that's insane. So, um, the same voice, those, that same saying has been echoed and, you know, you hear it from different sides of the media. Um, you heard it back when Obama was president and he brought up anything to do with, you know, some, some type of reform in uh, the law enforcement world. And he was all of a sudden the biggest like race baiting, you know, person ever and the biggest divider of the country. And it's like, just cause you have, you're having difficult conversations and making people uncomfortable, you know, that's, that doesn't mean it's the wrong time, you know, to, to solve a problem. Um, because it hasn't been solved and it still hasn't. We're in 2020, right. you know, and it's still like a, a crazy world out there. You know, it's like, think about, I know people like family members who've been arrested for, for things that you just really wouldn't think you, you'd have to worry about their life. And like the first thought was like, thank God they didn't get shot by the cops. Jeez. That like that was the first thought. Not, not yeah. like how long could they be in prison? Are we going to get them out on? It's just, well, shit, at least they didn't get shot. Yeah. It's a great pretty, starting point. Pretty, yeah, pretty low bar there. It is, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think people, it's time for people to wake up to that. And, you know, 
and recognize it. So hopefully uh, this is not just a moment in time or the baby step forward. Uh, you know, you saw all the hallmarks of the, uh, what do you call it? Kind of like the symbol, sim symbolic like gestures, like taking down monuments, taking the Confederate flag off of Mississippi's flag. And at the end of the day, you know, I I'm kind of like, I, I don't care. Like, you know, it's like it does none of those things actually impact people's lives in a meaningful way, in my opinion. Um, it's just kind of like showing a little bit to, I think, again, try to quell the masses and, and say, all right, you know, we're not going to see these negative symbols anymore. And some people probably say, yay, we won a small victory, but it doesn't really change, you know, the outcome of like the day-to-day -day interactions um, in, in society. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, we'll see if uh, a year from now, if, if people on social media are talking about it or where, right. where we're at. So it'll be kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, like, I shouldn't say I'm not very hopeful. I always have hope. I'm just not, I don't think this is exactly like a, a turning point in time. I think the, unfortunately, COVID and the the unrest, it was like so much more than just, um, you know, a cry for, for justice for, for all races. I think there's too many negative things kind of latched onto it politically, Antifa, Proud Boy, whatever, all that all that, you know, peripheral BS, um, separate kind of, groups. Yeah. And it just yeah. you know, soured everything too. And, um, you know, I, I think it just made, made the whole situation that much more divisive. Um, yeah. so unfortunately we'll see, I just don't think it's over, I guess. But, uh, again, good to see positives come out of it. Conversation yeah. going again. Um, a lot of money being put towards the cause. Uh, I think it definitely changed the course of the election. That's for sure. Um, so whether you like the outcome or not, I think all of this uh, George Floyd stuff definitely changed the outcome of uh, who's president um, or who's going to be president. So uh, crazy times we live in, that's for sure. Well, I know I know you're not one to steer away from hard conversations or potentially controversial conversations. Mm -hmm. So I, I am actually curious, and this this is all related because I think they've been at the forefront of a lot of injustices, but I'm, I, I want to hear your take on SD Loyal. Like you were a college soccer player, you're an American outlaw. I know you've had some run-ins with Landon Donovan in the past, and but this is you know this is San Diego soccer team. They've had like you know homophobic slurs, racial slurs on the field, and 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 made a, a pretty big stand against those things by walking off the field and forfeiting. And so I am yeah. kind of curious to your you know your take on the loyal and 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 I again it might be controversial, but I, you're probably pissed at me for asking this question, but. It's uh, you see that in my notes says oh, landed yeah. loyal and I'm so happy that? you brought this up. So <laughs> we really be, that's clear. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I knew I wanted to talk about this because I'm actually okay. really excited about this. All right, um, it, just bro. to clarify, I've I've not had any run-ins with Landon. I just had I just really had a those problem were my words, Mexico. not yours. Yeah, the Mexico jersey. Yes. So, anyways, I think Landon is back on my good side after the Mexico <laughs> jersey after this man. I'll tell you why. This is this is big time. So, um, I might I might be just telling the quick version of this story. I, I was texting with my friend um, who's on the team, um, who's a, a young guy I've known forever, um, and uh, he basically told me um, after I saw a post, I'm like, "You guys forfeited a game? Like, what happened? You know? Are you just like you're not recognizing it?" I was going kind of 
texting him after I saw this social media post. And he, he said, I think they were playing LA Galaxy or something or some other team. And um, someone used a racial slur on the field. And so after that game, um, Landon essentially just said, we're forfeiting that match. I don't even want to recognize it like we even played this team. It was so disgraceful. And you know what? I thought that was like the baddest ass move I've seen from a coach standing up for their players, like almost ever. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've never been called the N word more places or any, any place more than on the soccer field. And I've played yeah. a lot of soccer games, but there's um, a long history in, in soccer and, and having racial oh yeah and chants it, during games and it's it's like like it's constant too every single year you hear of like new ones so it's it's not like it's a new thing right it's it's like and you know even high school saw it doesn't matter if I was playing and you know anywhere I just, it's happened everywhere it happened yeah. every single place I played so you know I I always was great about keeping my cool I am you know I think if you talk to most people who played with me, they would say I was definitely like a hard player. Um, and I never got a red card in my 20 some years of playing, but like I sure got a lot of yellows, you know, I was a hard dude, but I, I had took pride and I always had this mentality. If I'm on the field, my team's better. I don't want to get, you know, kicked off for doing something dumb or being reckless or saying something. So, man, I don't know how many times I've, I've, you know, clenched my fist, bit my lip when someone dropped an N-bomb. And I was like, man, the only thing protecting you right now, because you're standing inside these lines on this field, you know, and I like soccer more than I like the other scenario. So I like kicking your ass. Exactly. (laughs) So anyways, um, you know, with all that being said, you know, I'd never had a coach really stand up for me in that capacity. And at a certain point, you, I mean, you just don't even probably tell your coaches. You just, just like whatever, you know, you just you just absorb it, let it roll or whatever. Um, but the fact that Landon stood up for his his players like that, I got mad respect for him. And, um, you know, loyal. Uh, I don't think anybody's um, really had a chance to see what they're doing because of COVID, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So hopefully after COVID's over, we get some bodies in the stands and, and, you know, really support this local team. So um, I'm down for it. I'm down. I, for you it. know what I love hearing, hearing this, John, because it, especially now in 2020, um, you know, with everything being politicized and uh, it's just, it feels like now more than ever changing someone's mind on anything is impossible. Like people just dig in their heels and they're like, no, this is what I believe. I'm right. You're wrong. And I don't want to talk about it. And so I kind of right. love that you had this, um, you know, sort of a negative perception of Landon because of something you saw and witnessed and were a part of. But then you were able to, like, reevaluate and be like, you know what? This guy's awesome because here's here's why. Like, you changed your mind. It's just like, again, talk about low bars. We're getting excited about just being able to change your mind on something. Right. And I think, you know, sports is one of those things where people can like cling to their own rivalry against a figure like, you know, it's fun. It's whatever. There's really no consequence to it. Um, But when someone does something extraordinarily good, you know, you got to you got to give it give them props. It was kind of. It was cool too because you saw the other teams around the league also rallying like around the loyal for making this decision and supporting them on social media. So that was kind of cool to see. And you kind of you kind of sit there and go, okay, like maybe 
like they're finally taking notice. And if this happens again, like these other teams are going to stand up for, you know, what's right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I hope there is a trend towards that. Um, it's, it's sad to say though, that like the highest levels of soccer, uh, that's so common. It's just yep. always in the news and, you know, champions league, especially in Spain, mm-hmm. in England, um, players dealing with it. And it sucks, man. Um, and I think people sometimes just say, oh, whatever. The fans say whatever they want. You know, these guys are getting paid millions, blah, 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 blah. So um, it's I think the the sympathy sometimes or empathy, I should say, is lost towards some of these pro athletes. But I think that's kind of nonsense, you know, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you should, most people don't go to work and get racially abused. I don't really care what you do for a living, but yeah. uh, that should just be <laughs> like a, a standard. Yeah. You know? Acceptable across the board, regardless yeah. of what yeah. employment is. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. It's it's one thing to yell at an umpire from center field uh, for him throwing gum, but it's another. Who, who would do that, honestly? <laughs> who would, who do, would that, do that, right? What kind of psychopath would, <laughs> would post that on YouTube and then make you think of it? Jeez. <laughs> Not me. Um, John, I'm glad we were able to do this, man. We need to make this a regular thing. And I think that, um, I think I've said it every time we've done the podcast. Um, I, I can't get over how His good voice. your voice sounds. It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. I I'm need so to jealous out of it. How to monetize this. You, you guys, really do, dude. Yeah, I don't like for a gig. You guys want me to do like an intro for you guys or something? Yeah. We, yeah. Should, <laughs> we should do some intros and like, like introduce some segments too. Maybe Would when you, you guys get huge, like, you know, you get your Spotify deal. I can be like uh, Joe Rogan's got Jamie. I can just be over there clicking on the keyboard and, you know, looking (laughs) shit up. And then I'll just pop in and drop some 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 deep baritone on you guys i don't know i don't know if if that was a job interview but you're hired yeah great all right the 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 tiny little caveat is when we get huge yeah i know (laughs) hey john how is your how's your brother doing is he still in those uh those bands yeah so he's done awesome um it's been cool to see him uh like navigate COVID as an artist and do it in a really successful manner so uh, my brother's been a actor and musician here in san diego for like the last uh 15 years um and he's in a band called the routine they're a rock and roll band out of uh, barrio logan and then um he's in a band called steam power giraffe and they are essentially like a internet sensation um and touring band um that is really unique so uh so the routine, those guys have kind of been a little bit on hiatus because their their primary gigs were were shows, live shows here in San Diego and yeah. um, kind of across the West. So unfortunately, with like the you know local spots like Winston's Belly Up being closed, um, they, they've just been sort of recording uh, back and forth over the internet, doing some of that, um, but mostly on hiatus. And then Steam Power Giraffe has recorded a new album during um, COVID and released it. I think they released it about two weeks ago, three weeks ago called uh, 1896. Um, and it's awesome. And picking it up about the CD. It's just like, remember when you used to buy CDs and you've, you've got like all these pages of lyrics and yeah. like artwork and design, they did that. And it's just like, you feel like you've got a treasure and you really do. So these guys have done a great job. They created like a, um, their own like fantasy world in a way. Steam Power Giraffe is three robots who have been, they were from the steampunk 
era. Yeah. They were war robots. They were decommissioned and reprogrammed to be like singer entertainers. So that's the backstory to it. <laughs> so they get all dressed up. It's um, amazing. Painted, like, yeah, like they're robots doing all these things and um, put on shows. They've got different characters that come in and out um, of the the show sequence. Um, they've got full albums. And before COVID was happening, they were touring um, worldwide. They'd go to Europe. They do like Comic-Con style stuff over there. Um, so really cool band, really cool concept. Um, they just auditioned for like pretty much all the streaming platforms, um, Netflix, Disney, uh nickelodeon so they're they're patiently waiting to hopefully hear something back but in the meantime just release this album um but yeah i'm super proud of him um he's still getting it done uh they're all making money they have super loyal fans and they're producing like cool original content that's that's actually it's it's all ages uh you know yeah friendly it's you know your kids could watch it mom and dad everybody um so they're really talented folks and I, I hope the best for them. I just, I, it's just like, it's so cool. I can't wait for this all to be over so they can kind of just like bust out and Flourish, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go again, you know, get back into the live scene. Steam powered giraffe. Go and look that up because it is amazing. What They're is the so significance cool. of the 1896? Um, I think it's just like a, um, like a nod to like their, their, year when i think they were either supposedly like created in their timeline or or commissioned or something like that i just did a quick wiki search to see like if there was something that jumped out at me yeah and it was called the gilded age from 1869 to 1896 would that have anything to do with like steam punkish i have no clue it could because like that was when like steam power and trains and all that was we're, I guess, you know, really becoming um, the new technology and spanning our, our country. So I, I don't know a whole lot about like the steampunk genre other than like it's a lot of uh, metals and like like parts and gears Cogs. and kind of like, yeah, funky contraption kind of type looking stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think they just, you know, with that being kind of like a, a popular like cosplay culture um, it's something I feel like it gets added to a lot of already created like fantasy worlds. Like, oh, here's like steampunk Batman or something. And, you know what yeah, I'm saying? A, uh, at, at the Padres uh, Star Wars night, steampunk Vader always shows up. Yeah, I've seen or that guy down at Comic Con. His, his costume's yeah. insane. Um, yeah. It's really intricate. So um, I think it's just like a genre that they they chose. So the Steam Power Giraffe has been around for like 10 years, I believe, or 12 years. And my brother's been in it for about five um the two founders uh bunny and david uh they met my bro at grossmont college in in uh acting school and they started seeing power giraffe i think it's just a duo in balboa park and i think and also in and maybe in the zoo as well um singing doing their thing and it's grown from that to like like hopefully they're getting a netflix show you know be so, so rad. is that yeah, where the giraffe like, comes in their name i believe so i think because okay. there was like a connection to the zoo or to, they definitely were in balboa park like when they were like okay. starting off um so i'm super hopeful man to me they're probably one of the most creative uh like groups in san diego just like things that have come up organically you know like this really really interesting music you know world kind of concept thing um let's just say music meets fantasy world concept thing um and so i hope that you know i hope the the sky's the limit for these guys 
sports have kind of been all over the place this year. Uh, we kind of touched on the loyal a little bit, uh, but we haven't talked about the Padres with you. Um, do you pay attention to the season? I watched a little bit. I didn't watch a whole lot of uh, Padres. Or I haven't really watched a whole lot of sports this year, yeah. to be honest. Um, but yeah, I did watch the Padres' uh, nice run into the playoffs. Um, I'm hopeful that next year I can go to a real game. I feel like I'm much more engaged being there. And I, I live a 20 minute walk now from Petco. So oh, nice. um, you guys will have to come over and grab a beer and walk yeah. down the hill with Sounds me. like we're parking at your spot. next. Yeah, to, uh, next <laughs> absolutely. I got three parking spaces. Oh, fantastic. Perfect. So yeah, I, I, I was when the second you asked him about the Padres, Rick, I was, I was expecting John to be like, I know less about the team now that I'm not listening to your podcast in my bar. <laughs> on my day off, you know, or, or before yeah, I, I mean, opened yeah. That was my peak knowledge was you guys <laughs> knew everything that was going on. And, you know, you got to be down there in the stadium on That's... the field sometimes. So um, you guys had the inside track. It's a big problem if you're listening to us for knowledge on anything. Ugh, yeah. Tough scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I know a lot of people have picked up something new during this whole shutdown um you know whether it be um a new show that they binge watched they really loved or like picked up an instrument or you know brady he picked up knitting he like he knits sweaters all the time it's super weird but he <laughs> does it not. yeah john i can tell my john's face he's like are you serious or not <laughs> i i do not knit oh man okay, so <laughs> did you have do you have anything like that you know what I did more of is is uh gardening. Oh, um, gardening. Like, and all I think people got all excited. Oh, Ooh. tell me more. Like, <laughs> I, I have a garden as well. Tell me more. <laughs> so uh we moved into the to a house over in Golden Hill area about a year ago. And um it, you know, it didn't it didn't need a whole lot of work on the inside and stuff, but the yards uh both front and back needed some love. So um, I just put in like all these succulents, like in the front yard and a bunch of cool rocks to kind of go around them that I've collected from the canyons. Hopefully that's legal. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, getting the, getting those up to today and just kind of like the visuals and kind of dry scaping our place. Um, and then we grew some, uh, produce. We grew like some kale, got some cabbage growing. Uh, we grew a bunch of watermelon this summer. And then because it's hard to grow too, you know what? If this was easy, like uh, for me, I I didn't do much. I watered the. I guess I'm just an idiot then. Um, you know, I so we got like seven or eight good sized watermelons. Awesome, off of two plants, Uh, and then the critters got a couple. Um, but uh, those are great. And then I also grew. This is the grand finale. I grew a huge like eight foot marijuana plant um, <laughs> this year. <laughs> so I have a friend who's got some family from the big Island of Hawaii. And he brought back like seeds a few years ago and he's grown them in his house in La Jolla, like for the last like two or three years. So I've gone over there and been like, wow, dude, this is wild. Like he, he had like six, seven foot plants growing, you know, um, his kids just running around playing in the yard and going down the slide and stuff. <laughs> So uh, this year, like right, I guess right before COVID happened, um, right at the beginning, it was about like beginning of March, whatever, we we went over there and he had two little plants for me 
they were about 12 inches high and i'm like oh you know sweet i'll take them home and throw them in the in the in the dirt so i did and just watered them nothing special just let it have that golden hill sunshine and man one of them was about three and a half four feet tall this other one was eight feet tall by like five feet around it was we were joking like man we just might keep this as the christmas tree this year (laughs) bring it in the house (laughs) i i just picked up an eight foot snowman at costco is that kind of the same thing i put it in my yard (laughs) wait a snowman that's (laughs) <laughs> i'm not kidding no i'm not kidding yeah it's eight feet tall my wife sent me there to get i i think i was you know supposed to get batteries and i came home with an eight oh foot snowman God. and she was like what is wrong with you i love Cause it I, what i really wanted was uh i don't know if you saw if you've heard of long bones it was at uh at home depot a 12 foot skeleton with glowing oh. eyes oh yeah uh-huh. i saw and, that and it was the like the big holiday decoration and it sold out and i wanted it so bad and my wife was like i'll divorce you if you get if you bring home a twelve foot skeleton, I'm divorcing you. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then I won't I won't do that. And but uh, when I went to Costco, I saw the eight foot snowman. I'm like, yep. So I grabbed it and yeah. You I love it. Want to plant? I got my snowman. I was wondering when I went to Home Depot who bought those skeletons, and you're the guy, Brady. He's I, the guy. Just, of course, he's the other, guy. The other version, man. So I would just, I guess, my biggest question is when you got stuff like that, like where do you store it? Where yes, store that was her. That was stuff. the big thing that she said with Longbone. She's like, Brady, okay, I get it. That's funny. You want to like, you know, be a conversation starter when you know on our street, and you want to, you know, shocker. You want to be the center of attention. Um, but she's like, what do we do with a 12-foot freaking skeleton when Halloween is over? And I'm like, I, I, I didn't think that part through. I don't know. <laughs> is it compostable? <laughs> like, I, I was like, you just put it in the backyard and bring it out in the front yard next year. I don't know. <laughs> so your snowman, is it uh, inflatable or is it like plastic? or what, No, what is it? I didn't. It's it's actually fun. I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into, but it's it's uh, it's – all laced with uh it's like 350 led lights and it it's like an accordion so it has this huge top hat with this giant you know eight foot post and you put it on top and then it like accordions down around the post and it has like a a, a base to it so it's kind of like this meshy i I don't even know how to describe it but it's it's um metal-ish but not definitely not inflatable and and you plug it in and voila it's a Hmm. lit up snowman that's cool it's Voila. been a big hit in the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm just oh, going to so drive around your neighbor. I don't know where you live exactly. I'm just going to drive around. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'll you find You know close enough. You'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Oh, it's great. So uh, we also, uh, with this whole new new format here of the podcast, we also have a new segment. Oh, Uh-oh. John! John's the inaugural guest, and he's about to get an inaugural segment as well. Yes. I like this. Oh, wow. So, so it's it's a simple segment. How you doing? Why are you shaking your head at me? Why are you shaking your head? The stupidest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe you. How you doing? How you doing? Okay. I want to know ahead. how you're doing. So. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so I was talking to Brady earlier. And he's uh, like, I'm always going to say that I'm doing good. I'm always going to say that it's it's just how I look at life. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of this. Well, you play. sound like an idiot when you try to sound like me. First of all, so so far the worst part of my week is this so, stupid segment. <laughs> Thank you. So how am I doing? Um, yeah. I'm going to say I am doing decent. <laughs> 
decent. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Twenty twenty is just like I feel like every day is like a um a building block of like emotion, like and like that. It's all kind of coming together uh, this year in some ways. A lot of weird, different things, you know. And in some ways, it's been like surreal and um and like just like hard to imagine this year is like a, it's been real to be honest with you in a yeah. lot of different ways like even even me losing thunderhawk to me and sometimes like is surreal and i think about how much time i spent there and these different cool moments and all these like awesome p- different people that showed up from different walks of life and it's like man that was real life and like mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. almost like a snap of the fingers and it's gone so you know, I say decent because, like, I, I, I still, I'm still looking for um, a steady job. I've been, you know, kind of doing my networking thing and trying to put together little things here and there. Um, but I'm still looking for, like, you know, I think that next thing to really latch on to in terms of work. Um, but this year's provided, like, an insane amount of, of like, context that's allowed me to be, like, just really gratuitous, like, have a lot of gratitude and um you know being thankful for my brother my mom for christina my girlfriend uh you know friends and family and it's kind of funny i was talking you know you, it, things get narrowed down into like really what's important and it's been it's been refreshing and i like i love it in a lot of ways like i've i really enjoy just being at home you know it kind mm-hmm. of was driving me crazy for a while and now i'm like yeah. this is great like i'm so lucky i have an awesome house i have an amazing girlfriend I got food in the fridge like this this is great this is amazing. I feel great about that. Um, you know, I think in the decent comes into because it's just want, you know, it's I'm longing for more friendship and people and concerts and stuff like that in yeah. life. And it's just been like a, a kind of a crap year in, in so many ways. But uh, you got to stay positive. And it's just it's temporary. It's just a long it's a really long scenario that we're kind of like in the mix with right now. See so, that, Brady? That was a good answer. That was a great answer is what it was. I don't was. know if you heard Not... at the end, but you said you got to stay positive. Exactly. Exactly. You got to stay positive. Yeah. So I, I remember at the beginning of COVID as like we were hearing about, oh my gosh, how things transmit and, you know, uh, false information, blah, blah, blah. But I, I remember uttering the, the, the words like, I, I don't think I'll ever shake another hand again. I don't think I'll ever shake <laughs> another human's hand again. I, you know, I'll do a fist bump or I'll do a what's up or I'll do an elbow. And honestly, right now, all I want to do is shake everyone's hand that I see. I just all I just want to go shake it. Like it's amazing the way that things change and your perspective changes. And I'm like, these are the things that like I can't wait to bear hug everybody. Like strangers, I'm just gonna be like, are you cool if I come in for a hug? Because I really want to hug you. Right. And yeah, I miss it so much, dude. I miss I like <laughs> I just feed off of you know other people and. So, so, it sounds we like together. so it sounds like you're not having a very good week, Brady. You're, you're, you're <laughs> saying like I, I'm longing for other sounds, people. And the, sounds and like you're a, a clown is what it sounds like. So it, like, is, it is funny, though, that you you have to like I do feel because generally when people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm doing great. But I do feel like the need to say, you know, all things considered in this world, you know, like there we yeah, have a lot of work right. to do as a human race. And as people and with, you know, obviously COVID and, you know, all you have to, I hate having to put these caveats, but this is the world that we live in. It's like, listen, you know, all things considered, um, um, my family is good. 
we're healthy, like you said, food in the fridge, um, roof over my head, um, baseball cards behind me, all the things that really truly matter in my life, you know. Uh, but you know, you and and health wise, like I I don't know about you guys, but I um, I a couple weeks ago I got like just a little bit of a sore throat. I get colds all the time, and <laughs> since February, not, not not so much as a scratch in my throat or a sniffle, nothing. I mean, I have been. Uh, the healthiest, like just nothing because I haven't been around anyone. Right. So like, yeah. I'm not catching sickness from anybody. And then sure enough, I got a sore throat a little bit before Thanksgiving. And I was like, Oh my God, I got COVID. I, I for sure. I, I got a sore throat. I got COVID. So, and I'm like, this is, this, so th this is speaking of the new normal, John, like this is the new normal. I get a sore throat. and I think I have COVID. Like I would get a sore throat every other week before COVID. And so, so what do I do? I'm like, I'm like, I better go get a test. So I went in, I got a test and they're like, no, you don't like I, you know, I gave it time. I did the antibody test. So like, right. you don't have it. You've never had it. Um, you have a sore throat. Like, what the hell are you even doing here? And I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know, you know, left. But I'm like, it isn't that weird. Like the way that our perspective changes. And I'm like, and the reason I did is because my kids are in little school pods. And like, yeah, if by chance I did have it, and then I'm taking my kids, and be like, go to these pods with your little close group of friends. Like, I wanted everyone to feel. Like we were being responsible and like overly cautious, which we certainly were. Um, but uh, anyway, so I am healthy. Thank you for asking. No COVID here. Great, that's good. Yes. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, things just like the world's changed a lot, and at the very beginning, I think the what the experts were telling us, um, and because there was no data, everyone was freaking out. They're like, "Yo, yeah. there's gonna be a million, whatever, a million dead people by like June or something like that." And thank God that didn't plan, you know, pan out. Um, but it was scary. I think I said the same thing as you, man. Like, I don't, I'm never going to shake someone's hand again. That's unnecessary. Like <laughs> business cards. Don't use those. I always, I always like never had business cards because I thought it was a waste of paper, but I was telling Christina, I was like, I'm never taking a business card from anybody else ever again. You know, just <laughs> like you're all these like germ scenarios going through yeah, your head. All these outlandish, you out. yeah. So stupid, but, um, things have changed. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's just given us all perspective, hopefully a healthy perspective and, and, you know, to be, to be thankful. And I mean, at the end of the day, what this happened a hundred years ago, I barely covered it in history class. Um, I think the human mind has a, a short memory for, for kind of pain and suffering and inconvenience and all that. And I think in a couple of years, we're just going to be like, man, COVID sucked. Like that was, 2020 yeah. was wild. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But remember when we used to get to-go drinks and just drink them on the street or in our car? It's like, <gasps> oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Do you remember when we did a podcast on the computer? Yeah, what a bunch wild. of idiots. Yeah. Do, Do you think that the to-go drinks could stick around after all this? You know what? If uh, No, because our government's not smart. So anything that's good for business is going to go away. So like all the <laughs> parking spaces that now have the outdoor dining, they're gonna, that's going to go that's away too. On. You know, Fifth yeah, Avenue, yeah. Um, there's like three streets that shouldn't have cars going down them. Like Fifth, like pretty much between the Hard Rock and Market shouldn't have any cars on it. India Street mostly doesn't need cars on it. Um, and I think it just give an opportunity for those businesses to make more money. I know, I know a restaurant in little Italy, uh, that has more capacity during the shutdown with outdoor seating than they had during the indoor. So yeah, like, so crazy, you know, and it, not yeah. to say it's still not a challenge for them and stuff. And they only had a kind of a short sweet spot window when they were open, um, like full capacity and not, you know, re shut down again. But, uh, 
uh, you know, there's things that the city officials could do that we did during COVID that would just help businesses so much. Like to go drinks, you know, like don't change the rules about drinking and driving or whatever. But like, man, you're telling me that like I'm not responsible enough to enjoy a, a beer walking down at the harbor, you know, and like place the thing in the garbage cans that I we pay tax dollars there for. So, anyways. We could rant about this all night long, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not optimistic. I hope you're yeah. wrong, my friend. I hope I'm I hope wrong. You're wrong. I hope we learn from I'm, this. Yeah, I hope I'm dead wrong. Um, but I, you know, I don't know how those things, like those laws, really get changed. Like, could Faulkner just like announce this, or tell, does he have to tell city council to get together and rewrite the laws for these open containers or for, you know, have you thought about running street. for mayor for your next job? You know what, man, I'm not cut out for it. I'm too, <laughs> too rough. <laughs> too much Tapa Chico. <laughs> too much Tapa Chico. I'm too rough around the edges, man. I don't think I have enough patience to, uh, to run. I'd love to be like, advise people though. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, like a David, a David Axelrod. I can just curse all day in the background, in the back room. And, um, you put someone out in front, nice and shiny. Good politician. <laughs> I'd also like to argue that I think you're very nice and shiny, but well, maybe not, maybe not cut by the politician's cloth. Well, who knows? You know, um, Trump made it happen. He was rough. Made it open. Maybe he opened a, a gateway. <laughs> I th a that's gateway to hell. <laughs> a gateway to hell. Twenty twenty one. 2021 will be even crazier than 2020 yeah. if Close you were that gateway. for your uh, for your launching into your political career. Oh my um, god! I know that we we've already gone like 10 minutes over your time that you said you were available to. So thank you for uh, humoring us, hanging out with us, and yeah. uh, just being a good buddy. Thank you guys for having me. It's all, it's always just super fun and feels natural to come on here and uh, chat with you guys. So uh, it's cool. You guys help me. Um, stick to my, I guess, what are principles, my guns, you know, I got to rethink things before I come in here and talk to you guys and, um, always a great conversation. Well, thank you for not, uh, you know, losing your sweet buttery voice when you got rid of uh, Thunderhawk. So thank you. Oh, no, that was, that's, that was real. That wasn't just for the customers. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> he comes on, he has like a voice like Ralph Wiggum. Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> You're like, hey, what? Guys, it's me, John. <laughs> no, you <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Where's the butter? <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, thanks, John. Thank we'll, we'll, we'll see you again soon. Okay, thanks a lot, fellas. Take care. All right. See you, dude. <laughs> I don't know about you, Brady, but uh, it was very nice catching up with our good buddy, John. Did you expect me to say something otherwise? Then it was also very nice catching up with our good buddy, John. He <laughs> <laughs> said, I don't know about you, Brady. Like, like oh, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was going to come on and be like, God. You're like, what I don't it? know. Could could have been can better. We, can we just cancel the John segment? Like, yeah, that wasn't nearly as good as I thought it would be. No, I I, I love that guy. I love um, I love talking about the hard stuff with you know social justice and and I, it just it makes me I, I like being a part of the conversation. It um, and and I I really like hearing his perspective and I like. I, I did think it was pretty fun the the Landon Donovan sort of pivot um, that, he, that he had. I probably made a bigger deal of it than uh, needed to be made, but I he's a good dude. Um, obviously, sad to see Thunderhawk go, but um, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, no, it was like we actually had talked about having John on 
the podcast quite a while ago too. And we just kind of, we were trying to get in before, you know, Thunderhawk closed and all the stuff that was going on in the world and just kind of made it, it was really difficult to get in, get, get together in person. Um, we made it right. We made it right. So yeah, I think so too. So uh, for all you guys listening out there, we are about to get into baseball chat. Did you hear that Brady? Did you hear all those uh, radios turning off? You just and, said baseball uh, chat, by the way. You meant to say baseball card chat. Okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> you don't need to try it again. We don't need to redo it. I just I like being able to correct you. Uh, yeah. Baseball card chat. Baseball chat people will listen. People yeah. who love baseball have no interest whatsoever in baseball cards. Yeah. I, I mean, some people. You know, there is some crossover, of course. You and I are gleaming examples of that. Yeah. But uh, many don't care. So if you're not into baseball cards, just see you later. We'll catch you next week. I've gotten hardcore back into baseball cards since this whole shutdown started in March. Um, before that, I you know I casually collected some Gwyns here and there, uh, but I think you were you like you've always I never collected, left, bro. Yeah, you I've, never I've left. Been hardcore. Um, but did you? But did you start going harder now? You know what? I I just added an element to it, which um, is partially your fault, and I hate you for it. <laughs> Yeah, and that is, and that's just collecting current cards as well. Yeah. So, like the, all these top set breaks that are coming out, and in this stupid project twenty twenty, it like hooked me, and I spent way more money than I should have early on on ones that I missed, and now I'm just sitting on, you know, paperweights. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> but I, you know, the the stack of cards that you can see right here behind me, these are all Gwyn twenty twenty cards, and um. And so, and there's more. And then I have a whole, I, I literally have a whole desk drawer, two desk drawers full of other Project 2020 cards. But my, I mainly collect vintage um, and I still do collect vintage. And that is the my priority. I have a couple guys that I PC, but uh, personal collection for those of you who but I forgot to turn this thing off. Um, but I now like, you know, Tatis, IPC, I think I, we talked yeah. about it. I have over a thousand uh, Tatis cards. I was going hard on a lot of the the current sets. Uh, I would buy boxes upon boxes, and um, it, it's it's. I feel like I went hard this year, and now next year I could kind of be more selective. I did all the Project Twenty Twenties as well. I didn't do like you five. did not do all of. You did like Gwyn. Well, yeah, all, all the Gwyns. I stuck to the yeah, Gwyns. Yeah. But, but I did like... You did I mean, like I got, five I got, of, a, of one card. and I got 2020s coming out of my ears, dude. I don't know yeah. what to do with myself. I only did five on one card. And it, you, was, okay. it, it was the first Gwyn that I really loved with the palm trees. Uh-huh. F-Dot? I can't remember. But um, that one yeah, really liked. was. And then I gave... So I did five. I have one for myself. I gave one to a friend who's a big Gwyn fan. I gave one my son and one of my daughters so that was four right there so maybe i have one extra so it's not like a a a big deal but you know you could probably sell them for a third of the price now on ebay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i know and then there's all the tops nows too didn't you go hard on a bunch of tops nows tops nows i did go a little harder on like there's a couple of like 10 stacks that i have um but those were less expensive, much less expensive than um, the 2020s. I think they so, were like 
Uh, actually, yeah, if you bought it in bulk, half, they were cheaper. They were yeah, more than half price. So yeah, um, I do have a couple of those that I haven't really done much with uh, anything yeah. with. That's the problem, right? Is that you collect, you collect, you, and then you're like, I'm gonna sell some of these, and then you're like, I haven't <laughs> sold. Um, but I did, you know, I ha- I have sold a handful of cards uh, this year, but it's definitely something I need to get get better at. Yeah, <laughs> I've so many. That's definitely something that I need to get better at too, because I keep talking about it, but I have, I still have to this day, never sold a single card that I have bought. Mm, yeah. It's a tough scene. I have sold cards that I bought. I'm happy to say. So I, yeah. I, I So with this segment, like what are your hopes and dreams for the baseball card segment now, since this is the first one? Uh, I think I want to, uh, give people i know there's a lot of information out there uh but if our listeners are listening and wondering things because i've had people approach me i am sure people have approached you about tips on baseball cards yeah i born you here my born you no i i just had this idea and i'll let you finish your thought before i share it with you okay um, so I think it would be kind of cool to just like kind of talk about stuff like, you know, we have purchased a whole bunch of cards from tops that we're waiting on. Um, you know, we could say what's worth it, what's not worth it. Bowman Platinum. Remember that whole scenario? <laughs> Let's talk about this guy right here. Uh, yeah, that's my Kate. that's my auto. Tim Kate. Never even heard of him. Yeah. And now I got his autograph. And this was like, what, like a hundred dollar box. <laughs> and I got about three pennies worth of cards just a terrible <laughs> terrible set uh, see so like if people were listening to this and then we could say hey avoid that at all costs but who knows you know like if someone got like a trout or a tatis auto in that set or, i mean i doubt i don't even know those are in those sets but they would be like this is amazing it only cost me this and these are going for 900 on ebay or whatever. i don't know so yeah. it's, it's all very subjective and it's like luck of the draw when it comes to what you draw and what you don't You've gotten lucky on these stupid gold rim pieces of shit cards that <laughs> I I bought and I got the worst cards I've ever heard of in history. Probably some Ed Crane pools or something, and you get these amazing pulls of Aaron Judge. And I can't believe you haven't sold those yet. Um, but yeah, it's very but like my so I, without moving from the chair that I'm sitting in. Granted, I have baseball cards all around me, or you know, sports cards in general. But I've got in addition to baseball, right? I've got baseball soccer uh garbage pail kids italian garbage pail kids called scorpion <laughs> uh basketball uh football swimming boxing like, that are, are, i already said basketball right yeah um swimming i have i have do why do you have swimming cards um okay can you see oh, on the wrong side right there that's um a 1933 sports king duke uh, Kahanamaku. Oh yeah, um, Duke. Kahama- yeah, Duke. Kahanamaku. Kahanamaku. Yeah. yeah. So I have I have multiple of those, uh, multiple Duke cards. Um, but anyway, and then I have all these custom art cards. I mean, like we we're talking, it's uh, football. I don't know if I even said football, but like obviously all the big sport. I even have Wayne Gretzky cards. So add you know. Oh, and I collect um Abraham Lincoln as well. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What you? I, I collect Abraham Lincoln, and I even have uh, a collection of Star Wars cards. There's Darth Vader. Um, so, oh, and not to mention, one of my PCs is Andre the Giant. So I collect Andre the Giant. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, you want? 
Um, I got a lot of them. I got Japanese cards. I got, um, I mean, this is my only Andre PSA. But can you see that on there? I, I, I can. That's like early Andre there. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Andre the Giant. I don't know why. And I'm never, I was never even a, um, I was never like a WWF guy ever growing up. Like my cousin was into it or something, but I never wow. watched. But I love Andre the Giant. It was Princess Bride mostly, I think. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I have a very, very eclectic um, PCs. I have a, a, a boxing PC. I have, like I said, Andre the Giant. Mickey Mantle is my pride and joy in my collection is the Mickey Mantle cards, but then, you know, newer, obviously, Gwyn, Tatis, um, oldest PC is Nap Lajway, and I have a dozen Nap Lajway cards, and probably five from his playing time, so I got a lot going on here, buddy. Okay, I think I've been rambling about baseball cards and sports card collecting long enough for now. Um, yeah. But this is fun. This is a good start. Let's get some listener feedback on what they want to hear with some things like this. And um, if you aren't into baseball cards and you hung around for this, God bless you. And I'm sorry. Uh, but we, we have fun talking about it. So let's get into it. Uh, let's get into it more next week. And thanks for listening. And welcome back to the Zero Chance Podcast. I'm Brady Phelps. He's Rick Romero. And we're out.